Sandy, good evening to you and welcome. Uh, good evening. Uh, uh, Sydney, Sandy. Uh, and good evening to your listeners. Uh, thanks for having us. Thank you very much, Prasidni. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe a good starting point, just for the benefit of some of our listeners who might not be familiar with how the land bank operates. Uh, just share with us. Um, I mean, you you extend, you know, funds to uh, farmers uh, across the length and breadth of our country. Um, and uh, maybe before we start in our discussion, it might be helpful for you to assist us. What happens in the event of default and what measures do you normally take to recover the monies that are due to you? Once, uh, the transformation of the sector through our financing uh, solutions. Mm. Uh, mm. We are essentially a bank, uh, despite uh, the mandate that we have that I've just uh, indicated. So a bank, uh, as you would appreciate, uh, uh, it raises funds. Uh, which uh, it needs to repay uh, to its uh, lenders or funders, and then it uh, deploys those funds uh, in assets uh, in the form of uh, financing uh, agricultural projects, uh, mm. which uh, clients come to us to uh, for us to help them to finance, and uh, we then uh, uh, develop a repayment schedule of how uh, that uh, debt that we uh, give or the the loan that we give to uh, the client should be repaid to us. Mm. We have to collect uh, those repayments uh, in order to manage our cash flows such that we ourselves can repay our lenders. So that's how it works. Uh, Essentially, Mm. we, we buy money and sell money, but for a specific developmental purpose. Who, who does the recoveries? Do you do those yourself, or is there a third party that does it? We, we do the recoveries. Uh, to, let's, let's say two years ago, uh, we still had uh, what we call intermediaries that were undertaking work uh, for the bank, uh, so they would originate uh, the clients and uh, manage the clients, but doing so on behalf of the bank. Mm. Um, and those were called service level agreements. Uh, we have since um, uh, insourced them. So in other okay. words, we've, t- we've taken over their portfolios in order for us to manage them. So we had uh, instances where uh, the service level agreement partners were the ones that were helping to collect uh, the debts mm. and where there were issues of uh, needing to collect through legal means, uh, they, they would institute those legal processes uh, on our behalf. And they would do that for a fee, I assume? The, exactly that. So they would be doing it for a fee. And uh, so recently, as I said, two years back, we took the decision to uh, to terminate those uh, relationships with those uh, intermediaries so that we could uh, do the transactions ourselves. Okay. So at one point... Uh, uh, over half of uh, our book was managed through intermediaries. Mm. The other was managed by ourselves directly. Uh, but now uh, that is now reduced to 7% of our book is managed uh, still by the remaining two intermediaries. Okay. The rest uh, we are managing ourselves. So back to the question that you raised. When a client uh, gets into a challenge, and uh, there are indications that they might not be able to meet the repayment schedule as contracted, 
they would uh, contact us uh, and uh, share with us uh, the challenge that they are facing. Uh, we would then, uh, together with them, assess uh, opportunities to either restructure uh, that debt uh, such that uh, the repayments are affordable mm-hmm. in line with uh, the business generation okay. of that cash. Prasidni, I, I just have a spot break that's nearing on us. So I want us to pause there for a second and I'll allow you to conclude, I guess, your response on the other side of this brief break. That will Eight minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's the headline segment here on Metro FM Talk. And uh, we are in conversation with the Land and Agricultural Bank, the Land Bank. Uh, This on the back, of course, of uh, allegations that were made in uh, numerous media reports about the heavy-handed nature that uh, they were getting uh, recoveries of uh, monies that were due to the Land Bank. And I'm joined by Sydney uh, Saudi, Executive Manager for Strategy and Communications out at the Land Bank. Sydney, please conclude, I guess, uh, the response that you were giving us. Law. Mm. We can't uh, act outside of the law, and uh, as such, even to the extent of uh, a touching of assets, uh, that is provided for through the courts. Uh, similarly, if you are to liquidate a, a, a an entity, it must be done according to the law. Mm. So, so, so uh, that part is very clear. Where there is potentially an issue that is raised is the claim that we are being aggressive mm. in doing in doing that work. We haven't seen um, specific examples of that aggression. Sure, sure. Uh, we have uh, invited clients to engage with us because, uh, after all, the relationship is between ourselves and the client. Okay. Not not uh, ourselves and Sai or any other yeah. organization. Prasidni, just, just hold it there and we'll come back of course to some of the aspersions that, or allegations that are being cast against yourselves and of course I guess uh, your relationships with your clients in the moment before this becomes a legal matter um, in the discussions on how the debt is restructured and how you know, you find one another with your clients. But I want to come back to the question I had asked you earlier. And I think you, you explained in your response that until two years ago, you had an, a system where a lot of these recoveries were outsourced to a third, to many third parties with whom you had service level agreements who would then go and collect some of this debt on your behalf. And I ask that because Sai, according to one Dr. Theo de Yaja, uh, is suggesting that when agribusinesses, and I assume these are the services providers who you used to work with, when they managed the land bank's debtors' books, the bad debt was well below 1%, and these institutions understood financing well, had proper relations with farmers, uh, and so on. Do you get a sense from where you're sitting, um, on the one hand, that there might also be some contentious uh, issues here, and I guess uh, the claims made by Sai? that might have to do with the change you made two years ago to insource that particular function? Because one would think a lot of people would have been out of the money when you decided to uh, no longer, I guess, extend that debt recovery function to third parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I mean, uh, I'm not going to uh, refer to, to the figures that uh, you referred to, the 1% and so on. Uh, I'm not sure what period is talking about. Uh, because in the time that I've been with the bank, uh, there hasn't been uh, uh, NPL ratios of 1%, uh, not uh, uh, with uh, the portfolio that we manage directly, and certainly not with these uh, 
so-called agribusinesses, as he calls them, but the SLA partners. Uh, so, so, so essentially, I mean, uh, uh, what has happened is that uh, they were applying particular systems that we defined for them to undertake. Mm. But uh, by the time we reached the conclusion to insource, there were two particular matters that we needed to look at. Uh, one was to get ourselves much more closer to uh, the, the uh, credit management control of uh, that portfolio. But also because the business model was not beneficial to us, uh, given the costs uh, that we were paying for those uh, services. Uh, and so uh, from a business modeling point of view, the decision was made to do that insourcing. By the way, uh, the portfolios that we also insourced into the bank mm. uh, came with uh, the levels of uh, non-performing loans, uh, as mm. we see. So it's not uh, that uh, they came as a a portfolio that was performing and thereafter uh, it was non-performing. We we inherited, uh, as it were, in taking direct control. Uh, We also inherited uh, challenges or clients that were in challenges. Uh, We don't thrive in a situation where clients are in trouble uh, because uh, that is costly for us, it's Mm. costly for the client. So... Uh, our preference is uh, to ensure that uh, we can assist clients yeah. uh, meaningfully from the beginning. Just out of interest, Prasidni, these service providers, um, in Quanta, how many are we talking about here? Well, we had uh, six uh, service providers. Four have uh, since been insourced, and uh, two um, are still uh, doing business with us. Um, and uh, so as a result, I, I think I indicated uh, to you that... Uh, before we uh, we insourced those portfolios, uh, about 55% of our of our book was managed through them. Uh, and uh, as we talk now, uh, just under 7% is managed by the two remaining ones. Mm. Um, and so that's uh, how the arrangement was. Okay. And then let's maybe just come back. And, and I think, I mean, we've kind of exhausted that element, uh, which is, you know, maybe some of the reasons, and uh, I see you are very diplomatic in your response there, and maybe listeners will make up their own mind about uh, the implication and what Sai is suggesting that, you know, when you had the old dispensation, things were a lot better, and one would imagine the reasons for saying that. But uh, earlier on, you had a discussion with one of my colleagues in our sister station, SAFM, uh, where there was a, uh, a young gentleman out from northern KZN who you'd extended about 25 million rand to and so on. Um, and I think a lot of what he was saying was that uh, the nub of his concern was not necessarily once the court processes started where effectively your hands are tied, but his concern was in the discussion moment where the restructuring of his debt was up for discussion. And I mean, Timber has very long gestation periods, long you know, time frames before you know, an entrepreneur can generate cash flows. And he was arguing that seemingly you were insensitive as the land bank to that reality, requiring him to pay a four million interest payment when, you know, he just planted the stuff in the ground. Um, talk to us about that and, and whether or not, I guess, you have a response to some of the criticism that, you know, the issue is not only in the recovery of the debt once the legal processes have started, but also in the dialogue between yourselves and your clients about restructuring the debt if a shock like COVID has happened or a drought mm. or anything like that. And we do those corrections at that point. So we want to think that uh, 
before the legal process that there's sufficient mechanisms to deal with these issues. It's important that the client, uh, when they realize uh, signs of distress, uh, even before they are unable to pay, that they engage upfront with the bank so that we find a way in which to handle this. Uh, mm-hmm. It's costly to uh, go through a legal process, both for ourselves and for the client. Are you are you becoming a lot more aggressive in your recoveries, largely because there's much more scrutiny by your own creditors of your debt book on the back of uh, the default that we saw last year? Yeah, so so for a period of time, I mean, we we, we have been able to uh, manage uh, our debt uh, in terms of the ability for us to repay. And that uh, ability is uh, on the back of our uh, systems of uh, appropriate collections and recoveries. Um, we we got into the liquidity squeeze that we got into and, and therefore had these issues with our own debt. But the way in which we have been doing collections has been uh, the same. We haven't changed uh, the manner in which we do it. We want to continue to strengthen that piece because uh, as a bank, uh, the uh, credit control and the ability to collect uh, is a fundamental um, competency of a bank. If you can't do that, uh, you shouldn't be in banking. But where we are saying is that you shouldn't be treating clients inhumanely uh, or disrespectfully. Uh, you need to ensure that uh, upfront you have a, a proper way of uh, finding solutions. Uh, but when the so- solutions are no longer able to rescue any of these clients, uh, legal process is the last resort uh, because uh, we can't just uh, fold our hands and say that it is a loss. Uh, the reason why we take up collateral or security mm. to ensure that uh, when the situation of this nature happens that we have the ability to yeah. recoup. Yeah. Just on that one as we wrap up, Prasini, I mean, you said earlier on you guys are a DFI and uh, I would think that there are particular elements in how you do your work uh, or even, you know, the threshold for distress that you might be able to take on or concessional lending and so on that would distinguish you as a DFI from a you know, the agri-division of a traditional bank. Um, and I hear you saying now that, well, we wouldn't be a bank if we can't aggressively recover some of the money. Just your thoughts on that? What, what about how you are recovering would distinguish you from another bank? Yeah, so so, so just to correct, uh, I didn't say we wouldn't be a bank if we did not aggressively uh, collect. Uh, I said that the discipline to collect uh, is, is a competency required. Uh, and and that's why I differentiated between the manner in which uh, we collect and the collections itself. Yes, indeed, uh, as a DFI, uh, we need to look at uh, things uh, differently. That's why you will also see that in terms of our portfolio, uh, we have uh, much more longer-dated facilities than most commercial banks. Uh, We do offer up to 20 years of uh, repayment uh, structures when most of the commercial banks uh, will will top it up at 15 years. And so that's one example of how we uh, engage a developmental view 
uh, in extending uh, loans for the period and uh, ensuring that at least the agricultural sector uh, from a asset uh, uh, building point of view is provided with uh, uh, the catalysis, catalyst uh, financing capability uh, to build uh, assets in the agricultural sector President? through those kinds of uh, products. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to leave it here for tonight, but thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Thanks a lot, everyone. That there was Sydney Soundy uh, joining us from the uh, Strategy and Communications Office out at the Land and Agricultural Bank, the Land Bank. We take a brief break now. When we come back, we go into our community focus, and Balentlem Tetwa is going to join me. We uh, take a look at the latest coming out uh, yeah, from uh, the Zulu royal family and uh, seeing some images of King Misu Zulu uh, a few minutes ago coming back from the royal hunt. And uh, yeah, he found seemingly Lengonya Mabeu Kangela and uh, it will now be delivered to the sacred kraal, Gwakangela Mangengane Palace, ahead of the weekend's ritual of entering the kraal.